You are now listening to Castle Black, the blackest Game of Thrones podcast in all of the realms. Castle Black is created by the For All Nerds team and is hosted by DJ Ben-Amin, Tatiana Keen-Jones, and Portia Patterson. Our show is edited and produced by DJ Ben-Amin. Castle Black by For All Nerds is powered by our listeners. Everything we do from our podcasts, live events, website, and more are independently funded. Please continue to support us through our Patreon page at patreon.com slash for all nerds. And what's up, y'all? And welcome back to another episode of Castle Black, the blackest Game of Thrones podcast in all of the land. It's your boy, DJ Ben, I mean, a.k.a. Draco Targaryen, <laughs> a.k.a. Uncle Benjamin's Rice, here, not on the spaceship, traveling through the lands, through the seven kingdoms. And as always, I'm joined by... Tatiana King Jones, the Grand Duchess of Tech, also known as Toffee Baratheon. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I have some more next week. <laughs> I'm sure you will. I'm sure you will. And we have a new member joining the Night's Watch, as it were. And so go on and introduce yourself. Hi, everyone. I'm Portia Patterson Hurst, um, and AKA the Ma- Maester of Disguise. Mm-hmm. That's the only AKA I have right now. I'm working on it. Ooh, that's a good okay. intro, though. Yeah, very good to start it off, to start it off. And yes, folks, we are black. I mean, back. We're well, black, we black and back. <laughs> yes. That was actually perfect. We are back <laughs> You should probably tell black. people that every day, every time you listen to this. Yes. 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 As we said, the blackest Game of Thrones podcast in all of the land is back due to popular demand. Thank you to everyone who's been reaching out to us, asking us about it. Shout out to the whole For All Nerds family out there. Everyone has been asking, when are you bringing back Castle Black? And we're back. We're going to do one season per episode right now because, you know, it's a lot of episodes. Mm-hmm. We're leading up to, what is this, uh, March 15th? Am I right? Premiere date? Yeah. That sounds right. Okay, you know, you know, we're we're really into it over here. Obviously, <laughs> <laughs> we just think it's going to magically appear. But no, the air date is uh, April fourteenth, seventeen. Ah, okay, I'm a whole month off right now. April fourteenth, so twenty nineteen. There we go. There we go. And so we've given ourselves enough time to do a season per week or so. We're going to work it out. We have our new member in the house, Portia, who has read the books. You know, is a little more up on it than we are. And, you know, that being said, we have to take a minute and give a shout out, a rest in peace to Deadly Diva, Mm -hmm. who was one of the founding members of Castle Black Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and passed away last year. And, you know, without her, we would not be here right now. That goes without saying. She was the one who knew everything, would always correct me when I would mispronounce somebody's name knew all the ins and outs of every book and, you know, is greatly missed not only as a member of Castle Black, but just as a friend and part of our family here. So, you know, thank you very much. Thank you to all her friends and family. And we will continue on as I know she would want us to. Absolutely. And and I share your sentiments and thank you for everything you've done for us, Deadly Diva. And we still love you, still miss you. 
No, never knew her, but I um I'm happy to be like hoping I'm holding up her mantle in her stead. Mm, mm. And we're very happy to have you here. Thank you for joining us, Portia. Portia reached out to the For All Nerds crew and was one of the people asking since I think well last yeah. year <laughs> about <laughs> where Castle Black was at. And she was like, yo, I know everything. I'm up on all the games, so you got to put me down. And so, you know, here she is making her debut. And like I said, we're talking about season one. Which I just, you know, I thought I was going to watch, you know, one or two episodes real quick to get myself caught up. And I just couldn't stop. Like, <laughs> I rolled through, I rolled through that joint like I'd never seen it before. It was as fire as I remember. Season one is really some ish. Like, yeah. in terms of production, in terms of writing, directing, acting, everything. Because there is so much groundwork being laid and then there's story is still just moving right along like pop 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 everything just happening yeah i mean there's a lot of establishing story there and it's interesting when you already have the full background of game of thrones up until the current time so when you go back and you see all of the foresight that was put there when you see all of the as you mentioned groundwork that's being laid for future seasons it's kind of wild it's 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 wild in the sense of how the writing uh, superb writing really was structured in a way that when you go back to it, then you kind of see, Oh, I see why they did that. Or, Oh, I see why they had a character react a certain way. It all makes sense. But yeah, if you're just new coming into it, season one, you're just like, what is going on? It's moving at light speed and you're kind of like, get on board or don't. Mm -hmm. Now, Portia, something I want to ask you about, and so we can get all the listeners up on it is where is everyone at the start of the season? Because as much exposition is laid out throughout the season, there's a lot mm -hmm. of stuff that's still not, the history of Westeros isn't really told in the first season. It's very much hinted at, but there's a lot of stuff that you either have to figure out or wait till, like Tatiana said, you got to catch up on everything and then you'll know what's going on. Yeah, so for the most part, everyone is in Westeros. Um, there are, there's, two main regions that Game of Thrones focuses on and there are other mysterious regions like um Ashai mm -hmm. and uh something I forget it right now um but they are kind of shadow regions you hear about them in passing there's rumors of ice dragons lurking in the waters mm. um and then where your focus for Game of Thrones for the most part is um in Westeros which years, decades, generations ago were conquered by the Targaryens who came through from um, the Doom of Valyria. They landed on Dragonstone, which the Baratheons hold, mm -hmm. which is, um, I remember in the, the last episode for Castle Black, um, when, when um, discussing the like relationships between the Baratheons and the Targaryens, the Lediva brought up how they're actually related. Well, this is kind of how they laid the ground for that because they landed on Dragonstone and that ended up coming like a Baratheon land later on. Right. Um, so everyone is pretty much concentrated in either King's Landing, which is like the southern shore, almost the southern shore of um, Westeros. If you go further down the southern coast, you'll hit Old Town, which is where um, the Maester's Train. And then and that's also where the um, the Tyrells, where Marjorie Tyrell and everyone lives. And then if you go even further south and a little bit um, east, you'll hit Dorne. Right. So that's all like in that one region. And then if you keep going up westerly, you'll hit Lannister, Casterly Rock, 
if you keep going some more, you'll hit um, River Tully, where the Tullys are and Caitlin's family is from. You keep going from there, you get the twins from the Freys, keep going north, and you'll eventually hit the uh, Winterfell, all the like northern clans. And then, you know, Pat, beyond that is the wall and nobody goes there. Right. We don't know her. Like, AKA the Bronx. <laughs> the, but. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Oh, everyone from the BX is going to come down on me. in the Bronx, boy. That's Everybody's from nice. the BX going to come down on me, but I'm sorry, y'all. That, y'all, y'all live too far. But no, okay, that's a great setup right there. Like, there you have it. And we also have, like, as everyone knows, there's many families in Westeros throughout the lands. And that's what, you know, the Game of Thrones pretty much centers around is all these different families trying to win. Um, Now, y'all know how I feel about uh, the Lannisters. <laughs> the real heroes of the I don't saga. know about all that, fam, but okay. <laughs> Is that, yeah. Hmm. Spoken um, like a Lannister. But uh, let, you know, let, let's talk about it. You know, at the beginning of the series, we have the Lannister, at least who are very well in the first season. You have the Lannisters, you have the Starks, you have the Tyrells being mentioned, mentioned right. but not really showing up. You have um my man's making an entrance, Walter <laughs> Frey. Walter Frey. That clown. Yeah. Ugh. Uh. Yeah. So you have the phrase. Um, you have Baratheons. Well, at least with Robert, you have him being there. Am I missing anyone? I'm sure there's a lot, but I just feel like for you to say that is wild to me because, <laughs> I mean, the first episode, the Lannisters show how fuckboy they are. I mean, the first episode, oh. you get Cersei, Sex and Jamie. You get all this um, plots of murder coming from the Lannister house. And then you see Jamie. Mm. Literally, this is the first episode. Jamie trying to kill Brandon. Um, okay. Now let me let me let me take those one by one. They're sexing oh each other, right? It, it happens. No. As we see later on, you know, other people love it too. <laughs> um, no. number two. Engaged in these murder plots. Who isn't? If you Jesus. want to win the Game of Thrones, as Cersei also says in the season that I love to quote, you, when you play, you either win or you die. And then they push a 10-year-old boy, boy, out of a window. Out the window. I mean, wrong place, wow. wrong time, kid. What can I say? <laughs> That was his superhero <laughs> origin story, though. <laughs> like, oh, no. like, everyone needs oh, one. And he had one. There you go. They're goodness. like, they're, they're the Mr. Glass. <laughs> I know you did not just call Bran Mr. Glass. I'm out. No, oh, oh, that's even worse. Uh, no, no but Bram Mr. Glass. Glass makes sense, don't it? <laughs> <laughs> Falling down steps with a cane. Oh, oh Lord. Okay, but no. On that note, let's get back to it. There's a thing about Game of Thrones and the series in general where they say it like bucks or defies um, tropes and trends mm-hmm. in fantasy, right? And there's this idea of heroes and villains in fantasy where it's like we know the yeah. hero is going to make it in the end. And Game of Thrones shows you Woo. right off the bat that Ned, you know, Ned's dead. That doesn't happen. <laughs> you know, like the the person you've been following, even though you know it's Sean Bean, I'm Ben, so you should know he's dead. But 
you know, you think Ned, 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 and then whack right up to the moment when it happens. Well, I, I never off. thought he was going to get so, killed. That surprised the, sh- surprised the hell out of me when that went down. You, you don't watch him in any other movies? I know, but he that's his, that's the movies though. And like I said, coming, I'm just remembering myself being the the first day or the first, oh, the yeah. first year that I watched Game of Thrones. And it's just like, I would never have thought that. Like maybe also, cause I'm not thinking, uh, I'm not thinking of uh, Lord of the Rings and all that stuff. I, I, I'm not like the hugest Lord of the Rings fans. Yeah. He mm-hmm. died. So what? Like, I didn't think nothing of it. And so yep. for him, after he's being established as this, anchor if you will to have this anchor then unceremoniously removed it was a shock to me oh. there's a big ceremony <laughs> look i don't, don't want to go i didn't want to go I there but you had ceremony to, here we are <laughs> you know, it, it might wasn't. not be the ceremony that he wanted but you know uh. um yeah no but oh go ahead portia uh, I, I just feel like it was uh, one thing I really enjoyed about that was that it was a surprise to even the characters. Like it was a surprise to even Cersei that Joffrey was going to have like had, that he just split decision like decided uh, to have okay. so head off. You don't know that your like, inbred son is a fucking crazed maniac. <laughs> right, right. You freaking raised a monster. Are you happy? Are you? You can even you can even control the own monster. Like you just created it, and he's just out here wilding. Good luck. What, what's Have interesting is that. I'm glad you brought that up. But what's interesting is throughout that first season, and obviously going forward, but especially that first season, you do see a lot of that shock look of, from Cersei. Like you know that meme with the Pikachu with the shock look, and it's just like you really shouldn't be shocked, but you shocked. <laughs> she be having that face. On every time Joffrey be saying some wild shit, or and and, and they just be looking at him like, "Wow, I never knew that he had that in him." And it's like, "How? Wow!" It's like, wow. "Are you serious right now?" She, it's, it's sad that she's honestly like, "Whose man's is this?" And it's like, "It's your man." Like, I mean, he he grew <laughs> up watching you. What did that that old commercial? This. I learned from watching you, like. Between you and Jamie and the rest of y'all fuckboys in the Lannister camp, I don't understand how you would be shocked that your own flesh and blood would just grow up to just not have a an appropriate view or an appropriate worldview, nor understand nuance, um, morality, all the things that kind of make a regular person. But here we are. Mm-mm. No, and that's so funny. I agree with both of y'all because, I, like I said, I was, as I was rewatching, especially in that last scene, Cersei has no idea that my man's about to flip it on Ned like that. She's just like, <laughs> what? <laughs> and she was like, well, do you think that's a good idea? And he's like, shut up, mother. I got this. It's like, okay. Okay. Cersei was up there looking like <laughs> academics with the Migos. Well, if that's what you want to do, my son, I guess that's what's going to happen. <laughs> All kind of it's confused. Funny. But, yeah, uh, it's funny because in the books, my... there's like, in the, in the books, there's like slight insight. Like, there's slight insight to like her being like, oh, like she's like in this like phase where she's, it's kind of like the white feminism kind of trope of like, oh, um, I'm tired of all these men around me having all the power. I'm powerful. And then she raises a son, this irony, who just like, as soon as he gets a little taste of power, facts. he goes all the way in and she's not Absolute ready. facts. Okay. All right. Now, see, there will be no Cersei uh, oh, Slander yes, here. Besides the <laughs> all episodes. All, all right. 2019. 
But let's okay, <laughs> let's talk about that real quick. Because like I was saying, there's this idea of heroes and villains. But what you also have to look at in a story is the protagonist and the antagonist. And that's what I really want to talk about in this first season is who is the actual protagonist and the antagonist in the series. And my contention is that it's really Littlefinger and um Yeah, the I would say so. As as the antagonist, Littlefinger being the antagonist, and the spider being the protagonist who's trying to save the realm. Yeah, Varys is everything. Yep. In the books, it's even mm-hmm. stronger. Um, yep. Yeah, I love. Like, it's very clear that he's about. He's like um, Okoye in a way, and that he, she like being down for the kingdom, not necessarily mm. for whomever's in power. Mm. Um, and Littlefinger is the opposite. He's down for himself. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, that's a good understanding yep. of that. Yeah, that's made very clear in the first season when uh, Littlefinger and Varys have a talk where Varys says, like, you're a man with no morals. I'm very scared of you ever getting to the throne. And then he says in the first season as well that I do this for the realm, not for anyone else. And then he repeats that several times throughout the whole series. So I'll say that. And then saying that, I don't think that the... um, my Lannister peoples are, you know, really all that bad. I mean... Like, I know Portia has a lot to say about Cat Stark. And I don't yes. hate Cat Stark nearly as much as I cannot stand the men mm. of the Stark family. But Portia, please tell me about this Cat Stark thing, because I need to hear about this. Oh, so, Catelyn Stark... <laughs> is the worst. <laughs> I just want to lay the groundwork. <laughs> That's where I'm starting from. She's the worst. Um, wow. And so I think it starts from the very beginning. Like she, she comes from my boy, Jon Snow. Any chance she can yeah. get. And this is like a kid that she's like actually raised herself, you know, whether she's played an active or very like, like a passive role in like mm-hmm. raising him. She's been there for him his whole life. And all he wants is a little bit of love. And all she does is treat she him does. like crap. Um, and so the other kids pick up on that. Rob and Sansa, um, like, clearly more likely are the ones who, like, have a bit more. Where Rob is, like, he's cool with John. He doesn't, like, bang with John the way that he, like, bangs with, like, Theon. And then um, Sansa, she's just always treating John like, whatever. He's, like, the stepchild. I don't, play, I don't mess with him. But luckily he has Arya and Bran, and they seem to be a little bit better about talking to him with Arya being his, like, bestie. But Catelyn, she just any chance she can get, she's being the worst to Jon Snow, and that's where I started disliking her. And then things continue on when she, they get the letter from her sister, and she's um, warning them that Robert's coming, but there's something going on at the court, and not to trust what's going on. But what does Caitlyn do with that letter? She's like, oh, you should go be his hand instead of being like, you know what, there's something something off. Let's rethink about this. She's ready for like to grasp some power and to thrust her family in the middle of it. You know, that's 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 interesting mm. take. And I gotta agree with you. Like Caitlin reminds me of one of those day drinking soccer moms. Like they wanna be in charge, but they don't want no real responsibility. And that's the way she comes to me. I never understood that. When, when you know, thinking it back, I never understood why she was so aggy over John like John would literally just be standing there like you know John breeds and it's like this is why I don't fuck with you and it's just like (laughs) chill chill like it's it's he didn't do nothing but but exist and I understand that his existence 
uh, irritates her for, for, for various reasons, you know, the infidelity and all the other stuff. But like, to me, I'm like, I thought Chu and Ned came to terms with this years ago. Like, I don't know how I don't I'm not quite sure how old John's supposed to be at that time is I don't know if he's like a late teenager or mid teenager whatever but you've had him since he was a baby more or less so I, I don't understand why now like it's still a problem like he's not a problem of of taking uh, at least right now he's not a problem of, of taking over Winterfell he ain't a problem anywhere else he loves his brothers and sisters they seem generally mostly to love him so what's the problem has Beyonce ever forgiven Jay-Z uh, they still together. Yeah, right. well, I'm so are they. You know, Caitlyn ain't got to release Lemonade yet. You know, she but hasn't Jay-Z put her also album doesn't out. Have, well, as far as we know, doesn't have a Jon Snow in the wing. So, as far right. as we know. As so as it's even know. worse. It's even worse. Well, I, I still... I don't see how that's worse, but I also don't see <laughs> why Caitlyn, again, is just so mad. Like, I thought, again, I... I I firmly believe that she came to terms with this. I'm going to say, I'm going to imagine that John is, is, is 19 or whatever. You didn't come to terms with this 19 years ago, whatever the fuck. Like, yeah, you was mad at Ned and y'all did whichever y'all did, but then you agreed to raise this guy. So now after all this time of agreeing, you still got a problem. Okay. But th- this is my thing about that though. There's one thing there is that the kids, right? The two oldest, they were there when their family was great. You know, they were growing up family. Great. Then their dad goes off to war and brings back this other little boy. Bassett in the so basket. Yeah. Bassett. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, my. There will be blood flip. <laughs> I mean, no, so John is technically <laughs> younger than... <laughs> John is technically younger than... Like, a, like he, he and Rob are born the same year. So he's only, like, a couple of months younger than Rob, at least in the books. Yeah. And so he's older mm-hmm. than Sansa. So only Rob is really the one that, like, he was a baby, so he probably didn't even like notice that another right. kid had come into the house. Um, right. But okay. the only thing that could explain like Kate's behavior, Kat's behavior, besides, um, I mean, it doesn't come out in the show, but in the books, um, is that there's rumors going around that are still persisting that Ned was in love with Ashara Dane, who is part of like her family, somewhat aligned with the Dorns, not really. Her, um, I think her brother was like this great knight. He was in the knights, um, the King's Guard. Um, and she tragically like committed suicide not long yeah. after um, John was born. So like the, how the dates look, it looks like Ned may have been in love with her. Um, and she got pregnant, had a kid, possibly that kid could possibly be John. And then people are, are like in Westeros are having the rumor. They're spreading it around like that. John is her right. kid. Um, Wait a so minute. Because she's such a, yeah. John, you just 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 realize something. You just said John and Rob are like a few months apart. Yeah. So you're saying Ned was smashing two cakes at once? No, <laughs> that's what people think, right? Oh, but shit. people okay. are um, so they're thinking that what had happened was Cat um, was supposed to marry Ned's older brother. Ned's older brother was the rightful like inheritor of Winterfell. But when the Mad King went mad, he held um, his spot. Um, his brother got pissed off. Okay, mm-hmm. Mad King went mad, and his uh, they thought Rhaegar was holding Lyanna, their sister, hostage. So his mm. brother was a hothead. They called him the Hot-headed Wolf. He would go. He went down to King's Landing, started yelling at the king. The king was like, "Oh, that's cute." Bet so he held him hostage. That's when the father of um, Ned's father had to go down to King's Landing. And be like, let go of my son. But what 
the king did instead was he hooked up the son in a armor and then he um no he hooked up the father in armor and he wa- made the son watch as whenever he pulled against the chains hot like that uh wildfire that green uh-huh. wildfire burned him alive in the oh, armor shit. so that's what helped fuel the um rebellion robert's rebellion was that ned's family like that was that was his best friend was ned so he was cool with the whole family so as soon as they killed the um starks uh robert was ready to go that meanwhile ned had been like hanging out with robert they'd been going to the danes so they thought that ned possibly was in love with ashara and cat was always um insecure thinking that she was already promised to the older brother and she was kind of like the like secondhand wife mm. of Ned because he wasn't really trying to get with her. He was already mm. loving somebody else. Oh, okay. That makes sense now. And then Ned's older brother is also the reason that Littlefinger is going against them in general, right? Too, Because he's mm-hmm. the one who cut Littlefinger up? Yep. Okay, yep, so that's yeah. why Littlefinger hates the Sarks. Mm, Littlefinger yeah. hates everybody except for his own reflection. If you want to be real. But he's also still in love with Caitlyn and then through that, through Sansa, which we see later on and all that grossness. So, yeah, Littlefinger is definitely, to me, the antagonist of this whole series. You know, Varys is probably the protagonist. I don't really put, you know, the Lannisters below the Starks. Like I said before, I think the Stark men in general are all very foolish and they just make idiotic (laughs) moves throughout the season and throughout the series. And I just don't mess with them. Jon Snow is like a cut above them, but just <laughs> best barely. barely. All yeah, the, just, just barely. barely. In hindsight, all the men is just foolish as hell throughout the entire series. Like it's always mm-hmm. some dumb shit every time. And more often than not, it's the women who had to come in and clean up or come mm-hmm. up with some strategy or or pick up behind something. Like I as as you say that, Ben, I'm just flashing at all the moments and instances, and I'm like, every time some fuck shit happened, it was a man. Mm. Mm. As we see, Catelyn, Caitlyn, you know, she has her heart. She has her, okay. I'm talking about an aggregate. If Caitlyn has a few fuck shit parts, if she has 2% of the fuck shit, the men have 98%. I will also say that Jamie Lannister is one of the heroes of the story. He's also wow, wow, why? He's also very naive. Yeah, and I, but I think that's established from very early on, too. I think you see it a lot more later on, but if mm-hmm. you really watch from the first season, I think it's established very early on. Like, he's called the King Slayer, but he killed the Mad King, you know? Right. And everyone gets mad at him because he didn't step up earlier, but he's like, I would have been killed. And so I made the smart play and got him when I could. And he says it in the first season, if I stabbed him in the belly would you call me more of a man now? And, mm-hmm. you know, instead of stabbing him in the back. And he's like, I- I'm, mad, I'm mad at people who wasn't about nothing, who wasn't going to do nothing, going to turn around and be like, oh, you should have did this sooner, fam. Like, what? Yeah. H- how about the fact that I did it? Yeah, I don't know if people are mad at him necessarily. Be- I don't think it's more because he killed him than it is that they wish they killed him fast, quicker, because he was in the Kingsguard, and that was, like, the big disrespect was that he was supposed to be, like, one of the most trusted knights in the realm. And he mm-hmm. went right. and killed the king that he's supposed to be guarding. So I think that that's where the like where people were like picking at him because he's like he disrespected the title okay. and the rank of what that's supposed to mean by killing the person that he okay. was, that he killed. 
I get all that, but f that. You know, that's like a ver- <laughs> yeah, that's a Varus move to me. <laughs> I understand all the facts, but forego all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, I understood all that. <laughs> I fully understood. You know, he's part of the Kane Strahd and what that means. It's an honor for life. Like um, my man who leaves when Joffrey tells him to bounce later on shows all that. But I don't care. You know, in this game, you play to win, and that's a play to win move. And it's like, that's a move that Viveris or someone like that, who is just doing it for the realm. You know, it's not about, oh, I got a, I'm a king's draw, so I can't kill this mad king. That's not, not me. You got to go. You know, like you're over here burning people alive with wildfire. It's distrusting. And so I really think that Jamie doesn't get a lot of the credit he deserves. And, you know, and you know me, I just pulled for Cersei because Cersei is about that life. You know, she is like, she says it early on. If if they're not us, they're enemies. End of story. You know, it's well, a see, I, rough lo- world. I love Portia's uh, size in between. Oh, it's going to get worse. <laughs> Your crazy shit. Because my girl, uh, Cersei All 2019, my girl's doing for the win. <laughs> now, now, we've yet to mention, you know, Really, I know a lot of people's heroes. I already dissed John, so I'm going to catch that one. F him. Um, one of my early heroes, Danny, Daenerys yeah. Targaryen. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I see the seeds of her failure being sown very early, though. But <laughs> yeah. Um, so first she's your hero, and you're like, yeah, but she's a failure. <laughs> like, really? I mean, I loved her, you know, from early on in the series. Everyone does, you know. I think, for me, the dragons at the end of the season is one of my favorite mo- moments in television. Like, yeah. That's, that was a dramatic reveal in it, and, and pretty well done. Yeah. Insanely well done. And and I was just stunned. I hadn't read the book at that point. I've read the first book since. But I was blown away because all season I was like, okay, is this just some you know, swords with no sorcery stuff. Is there none of that going on? There's no real magic, nothing. And then, boom, three dragons. And I, I was like, yeah, you know, I was all in after that. I was done. So Danny's always been one of my favorites, but I feel like she has the Targaryen blood in her, and that's that problem. Like, she's always wilding. <laughs> this season, not as much in the rewatch. I'll say that, yeah. I think what works in her advantage here in the first season, like, and not so in the first book, is that she's really, she's, everyone is super young. Like, all the kids are super young um, Mm -hmm. in the books. So, you know, they're aged up for TV, it's for consent and everything. But um, what she has in her favor is that she's super young. She's been kind of like, her um, emotions have been like, she's been emotionally abused by her brother since, like, birth basically because he's probably like five when she was born and then her mother died in childbirth while running away from the um the seven kingdoms during the rebellion so all she's ever had of watching over her was her brother who was depending on rich people who wanted to like why not to like have the grandeur of like working with the targaryens um with them so she's always not been able to like trust anyone um, she knew her brother's really moody. She had to like watch out for him being like crazy. So I think her coming in and being kind of quiet and like looking out and observant and figuring out things as they go worked in her favor in the first season. And it was just what made her like a hero to everyone. Um, and then, you know, because she's so like not unversed in things that comes to fruition later on in the series, because you see her making those mistakes that she's not practiced at doing what she's what she's trying to do. Yeah, I will say I liked uh, 
being there for the developing of her overall character, how she came in there essentially. Oh, well, she was, she was a prisoner of her own brother, um, mm-hmm. had no agency, at least in this, in the show, in the movie, in the TV show, had no agency, no real power, if you will. But then within the span of a few uh, season, excuse me, within the span of a few episodes was able to come into her own and, and, and in quite in an amazing fashion, mm-hmm. um, you know, with the flames and the dragons and all that other stuff. So um, I, I liked, I would say I liked that iteration of Daenerys. Now it wasn't until later where she started getting on my nerves um, mm-hmm. because, you know, then she gets a little too big headed in my view. And then when you, a lot, I don't know why this, this is hubris, but it happens a lot where you have this person who, you know, never had nothing, never been nowhere. Then they, they finally get to a point where they, they become enlightened, but then they take it off the deep end. Um, and, you know, we, we see that happen as, as we travel through the season, uh, through the, excuse me, the series. But for the first season, I really loved how she grew as a character. I really loved how she came into her own and was able to then become her own agent of change. Mm-hmm. I think she's like yeah, her, uh, her being observant and worked in her favor. Like she saw that like, her her trying to like think like her brother did while um being married to Cal Drogo was it going to work out so she was like let me yeah. do what makes Cal Drogo happy um mm. and that actually was like really smart and like sh- uh of her to do because you know after she's pregnant and her brother's um going crazy he was talking about he wants to take over the seven kingdoms why haven't they done it yet that golden crown moment oh my gosh like yeah. I did not even know that was coming. Like it just came. He just like he just took his belt off, threw it in that um like that like big old pot. They took they pulled up that pot and just threw it on his head. And I was just like, oh my gosh, talk about a golden crown! Like that is ridiculous. Wasn't there like a, a joke too? They was like, I guess you're not a dragon since since it burned him and he was dead. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, love it. it Dan- Danny made the joke. Oh, I loved it. I love it. I love it. No, that's definitely one of my favorite moments because that was just something where I'm, like you said, I I had no idea it was coming though even. And he throws the coins in, melts it, pours it on his head. And I won't even lie, for a split second, it was just like in Breaking Bad with my mans when he got blown up, like where I thought he was going to survive it. (laughs) You know, I thought thought Viserys or whatever was like really a dragon. You know, I I thought he was going to walk around. He's too weak sauce for that. He's way too weak sauce for that. He ain't got no drip. Like, nah, he he was. No, 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 but hear me out. I thought he was going to walk around with that joint for the rest of his life, like blind and, you know, gold (laughs) on his head. (laughs) Yeah, and people are like, oh, wherever he goes. (laughs) Here comes gold face. And you're like, what? No, 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 my God. Because he was like, you know, you'll have a crowd that men will fear. So I thought my man was going to be like, ah, for the rest of his life, you know, just wandering around. <laughs> nah, you done. And, you know, <laughs> after that, Danny quickly learns, gets right. And she does have such a great progression over the first season. I will give her that. It's just later on mm, where, yeah, it just, you know, does not. I, I don't know. I don't know, <laughs> you know. Oh no! So I, I think we've covered all the major factions of families who were introduced in the first season, right? Yeah, the like Tully's it. represented by Cap, and and yeah, it's just good yep. to ground that um, where where um, Daenerys and Viserys and Khal Drogo and everyone is is Essos, the other region um, of the mm-hmm. world. So 
That's yeah. why they're having such a hard time pulling together the boats and ships and everything they need to get over to Westeros because Essos is its own little thing. And then also we have um my man's the Frey. You know, you wanted one Frey, but it's the other Frey. But uh, you have him, his quick introduction and, you know, another of Rob's terrible moves where he agrees to marry this woman that he clearly doesn't want mm-hmm. to just so they can get their armies through the Frey's lands. And really, that's not the terrible move part of it to me. The terrible move comes when you don't live up to your word because it's like you got to do dumb things like that in this world. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like the Starks just continually ignore the world they're living in. And they, sh- they have enough history with this world. They're a big-ass family. They're like the ghost and Tommy <laughs> of... <laughs> <laughs> Like, they just, they somehow got to this prominence, and I just don't understand how. It's like, how did y'all make it? You say what? The Starks, how did they get where they are? I feel like it's like, they've been in their own little northern kingdom this whole time. Everybody down south Mm. or out west, they're like, I ain't going up there, it's too cold. So the Starks can do whatever they want, you know? And Mm -hmm. um, all their bannermen have always, like, held high regard for them, besides, like, the Boltons or whatever, as you'll see later. but for the most part, you know, everyone respects them. They do what they got to do as, like, the lords of the Northern Realm. So nobody really, like, pushes for them. But you can see why, like, the Lannisters sneer at them and other people from the South sneer at them. Because it's kind of like, who goes up there? You don't even, like, run any, like, major export. You're just up there in the cold by yourself. Um, mm-hmm. Everyone else, they're doing an export or something. So they don't they don't think about the Starks like that. No, that that's not what I'm saying though. I want, you know, I fully understand it mm-hmm. again, but the Starks act like they haven't been here before. <laughs> that's my problem. And they they've been though. here before. They, they have. Been the- they were involved in the rebellion. They were right there. <laughs> they were fighting. Was right they were like there. They weren't like running the world. <laughs> they were just like killing people. There's a difference. That was right. Look, we all okay at this point. We can, you know, we know the spoilers for people who haven't caught up. You should. If you, you haven't caught, caught up, you shouldn't be listening now. to this episode. I mean, it's too late now. Yes. But we we know what Ned knows. You know, we know where he's been. He was right there. He knows he, how this gets down. He's a good general. He's a good, like, fighter. He's not, he's no one's ruler. He's no one's, like, you know, he's not going to run mm-hmm. a kingdom because he doesn't, he doesn't want to run a kingdom. He just wants to run his little, his land up north. Right. He doesn't want anybody to impede that. If he, that's why he wasn't prepared to come down here and deal with all these shysty people because he doesn't deal with shysty people on a regular. He just was there to fight. And then he, he went in, fought, and then left. That's what ben. he did. Like, he wasn't ready for all that, like, politics of court. He's not here for that. Ben, if you look up in the dictionary, the phrase, stay in your lane, you'll see a picture of Ned Stark. <laughs> he wants <laughs> no parts of all that extra shit. You he is cool with his park place and boardwalk area where he is. You know, ba- uh, Baltic Avenue, really. But he's cool where he is. <laughs> and it's cool, like she said... You know, like, like, like he he ain't there for all the smoke at all. So that's why he was acting brand new when all the smoke started happening. He was like, whoa, I, I did not sign up for this. Baltic's that mm-hmm. purple one, right? The broke space? Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, facts. But no, <laughs> once again, though, he, he'd been there. That's all I'm saying. It's like, I get that. I get it. You know, he does. What, what, and you should, like you should have said, stay in your lane. Because Ned, right away, whether or not Caitlyn is influencing him, 
he jumps out of his lane and jumps down to something he can't deal with and then tries to but play that game. But he had no choice. Playing. You act like he, he I, did it because he, he was trying to be with the shits. He, he had, had no choice. I, I, but, but once you get there, you know how the game goes. People tell you how he the did. game goes and he, you still he's just like, like he don't. He's an honest treacherous. man. He yes. doesn't know about that. What he doesn't feel like he's like, <laughs> he takes people's word for their word. So as soon as someone's, he's like, I listen to words, not like. Thank you. Like, that's what I'm trying to say. Like, Ben, like you call him a sucker. And I guess, I guess when you think about it, he's kind of a sucker. But... Right. But he stated his word. But he is at the end of the day. And that's probably why for me it hurts so bad when he when he got beheaded because he's an honest man. He ain't with the smoke. He's staying in his lane. Like he's doing everything that people tell you on the internet you should be doing. Yeah. You know, don't count other people's monies, yada yada mean, and all this other stuff. And then here he go getting killed. Yep. He's and definitely think, ghost. It's just that he hasn't been killed yet. I mean, ghost I think hasn't. It's like- I think it shows in the way that, like, he wasn't ready to, pre- he wasn't prepared to deal with Littlefinger and his treachery. Like, he wasn't ready because he didn't know. He literally just doesn't deal with that. He just didn't get it. And I think Ned, and, Ned. And I think it shows too when Varys went and, like, visited Ned while he was, like, imprisoned before his beheading. And Varys is talking to him. You can see Varys kind of looking at him with, like, pity in his eyes. Like, dude, <laughs> this is not. Like, you a sucker. <laughs> not ready. And that's why I feel like, Catelyn is the one who knew Littlefinger. She knew a bit more was going on down on the ground. She like, but she's also kind of naive because she believes like Littlefinger got over their childhood crush and it's oh all, all okay and it's he's never gonna mm-hmm. be doing anything crazy. And she's naive as well. Um, but it all works against them because look what happens, you know. Mm-hmm. Caitlyn's very selfish, and that's also blinds her from making. Uh, essential decisions or making the decisions that that lead to doom. Um, and then just just back to Ned. Ned's playing checkers while everybody else is playing chess. Caitlin mm-hmm. can't help it also. She got four idiot sons, you know, to deal with. <laughs> <laughs> They're not idiots. Only one is like a real idiot, idiot. But <laughs> All of them are, you know, less than stellar. And... <laughs> <laughs> How do you imagine? Like, well, your son's less than stellar, ma'am. And you got you know. this Baltic Avenue boat boy over here. <laughs> I think I want to go back to what Deadly Deepa said, I think, in one of the previous episodes about how, like, if it's hard because we have these, like, these boys are making decisions in the show and they look like they're, like, grown, like, young men. But in the books, they're, like, 15. Yeah. They're making, like, teenage boy decisions and it shows this teenage boy decisions coming out in the show. But mm. we don't have the vantage point of them being young men, like, young little, like, teenagers making these decisions. So, mm-hmm. like, of course they're not making really good decisions because they don't know what they're doing. Um, but it just looks really the Wolverines like, made better moves than this. <laughs> <laughs> and their whole fan, their, the whole USA got invaded, you know? <laughs> I mean, and I mean, at the same token, like Arya comes through and Arya, like, she's not like the most there brilliant, like Stark, but she's real strategic. Like she knows what she's, she'll figure stuff out real quick. She's like, she's watching, she's ready to move. Arya's a genius, and um, you know, pretty much every horror film deals with teenagers dealing with way worse than this. And these, you know, these kids are suckers either way. <laughs> Arya, though, that- <laughs> Arya is another one who much props, and we gotta, you know, speak about for a quick minute because she, from the gate, is about that life. 
and tells everyone, yo, I'm about this life. I'm about this life, mom, dad, mm -hmm. about that life. I want to kill people. You know what's good? I learn how to kill people. <laughs> I, I always love Arya because she has been very determined and direct. And Arya's a Capricorn. She has to be because she knows what she wants to do. She's not with the games and she executes. She says, this is what I want for my life. And this is what's going to happen. It don't matter what you do to try to stop me. I'm going to make it happen. The girl decided to disguise herself as a boy to be able to get around the world. How smooth as hell is that? But mm -hmm. even from earlier, before everything goes down, like I say, right away, Dad, I want to kill people. Yo, I'm not trying to be a lady. She, da -da -da -da. She me a she's trying teacher. to sew and do all these crochet shit. Give me needle. Give me all this. And that's why I fucks with her so heavy. She's not yeah. with the stuff that's not going. She's not with the traditions, nor is she with the, the aspect of kind of, as you say, being a lady in weight. Like, she don't want that life. She wants... Uh, a, a life that that is full of decision, full of adventure, and full of actual living, not just kind of being to the side and being this beautiful queen because she sees like she sees through the veil, she sees through the games because as we as you see what happens with Sansa, like, oh, I want to be this and I want to be that because that's what it means to be a lady, and that shit blows up in your face, like Arya saw beyond that mm -hmm. no, from the gate. And that's one person who I'm really hoping made to return in the last season is the sword dancer from Bra uh, from Bravos, because my man yeah. has one of the illest lines of the whole series that I don't feel has even been referred to since when he talks about there's only one God and that's death, and what do we tell death is not today, and mm. you know he's last seen fighting off those uh, dudes from the Lannisters or wherever yeah. you know men, yeah. but it's you know he said even then it's not today. So yeah. I'm hoping that we see him again in some form or another, you know, maybe just hopefully anything. So it's true. But Wait, so he, we've never this all these years we've never been revealed what happened to him. So so yeah. as far as we know, he could potentially be alive. I think we're supposed uh, to think that he so. died. Um, because he mm. was facing the Lannister men, um, or the, what are they? The Kingsguard? He was facing them, or, yeah. um, yep. with, not the King, not only the Kingsguard, no, the, um, City Watch. He was facing the City Watch yep. with, you know, if you remember the scene, he was practicing sword dancing with Arya. They were using wooden right. swords yep. to practice. Mm -hmm. So you're, if he's going against a whole like troop of city watch with like actual metal swords and he has this little wooden one. How long do you think he's going to last? He could make it. He's, I mean, I want to believe he's still alive, but I also, I'm here. I'm already ready. All the great characters have died. I'm sure, right. you know, they're just like, he's dead. I'm sure he's dead. I mean, I, right. I'm hoping if in the, like maybe if the books get finished, you know, maybe he'll show up in the book and I'll be happy, but I don't right. know about the TV show. Portia said, mm -hmm. I want to believe it's alive, but I also believe in common sense. But <laughs> what we've also learned after years of watching is this this show don't be having no common sense. And, mm -hmm. and that's and that's yeah. displayed by each of these crazy ass decisions that get made. And speaking of crazy ass decisions, you know, we got one, I think, other person we have to really talk about, because I know everyone wants to hate is uh, Miss Sansa, Miss Sansa Stark. She, you know, wow. you, you know what, the hate, <laughs> you know what, that hate that I've I had for her for, for, for years past, it, it was only because it's, it's, I realized now, so she was misguided and, and Portia, you made a good point. The fact that regardless of how they're, they're supposed to be aged up for the show at the end of the day, these are children. 
these are people who are making decisions in a vacuum. People who are making decisions as a young underdeveloped person would underdeveloped in the sense of they don't, they haven't had all the life skills and training and experiences to help them make informed decisions. They're just doing things that seem cool right now. Just like mm-hmm. I had said before about, um, are you not wanted to be like Sansa where Sansa wanted to be that lady and be the queen and Cersei's so beautiful. And I want this and I want the pretty dresses, you know, the whole, you know, Nicki Minaj wearing, you know, wearing a fucking crown type stuff. Like she's only, seeing what's in front of her as a right in front of her as opposed to what's beyond that so i i get it's just to, when we talk about naivete i sansa is in the dictionary so like at least at least when she was younger so i don't fault her as much as i used to for being dumb it's just that she was young and didn't know no better and didn't realize mm-hmm. the the error until she had to go through abuse and torture and all this rest of this stuff. It's like she had to literally learn what it meant to be an adult in Westeros and, and in this Game of Thrones situation. Yeah, I think like my hate for Sansa was like personal, like literally just like she's an older sister. She um she bought into the fairy tales. She's like she read all the stories. She's loved them yeah. her whole life. Um and she likes girly things. And I'm like, those are like components of me and the fact that she was just like she was wild enough to like tell like be pissed off that her sister's dog uh, ran off and like her dog got killed like that's legit but then like hold that against your sister for just being herself like I just I'm like you can't we're not gonna it's do kid this. shit we're though. not gonna it's but yeah, yeah it is it was but that was I think where my like an, initially where I was like oh this is all like personal grievance like I just don't like Sansa for like this like little personal stuff but I feel like another thing about her is that um, it's sad like in her trajectory that it goes through so much abuse in this show because it's not necessarily what happens in the books. And she's it's not I just hate that things happen to her that going forward in the show that are just so extreme. And I'm mm. hoping that her character never has to go through that in the book because she hasn't had to so far. Um, you know, good thing you brought that up and, and, and please, you know, elaborate further. But. I remember that if I if I'm really thinking correctly, I remember that being a big situation, a big deal in IRL because, to your point, mm-hmm. she was subject to so much abuse and like you know like the rape and all this other stuff. That, and you're saying that it never happened in the book. Yeah, like in the book, she um, so she's always believed in fairy tales, like I mentioned. And one of the fairy tales that like she's heard her whole life is about like the fool who like ran off with his lady love or whatever. So Lady Littlefinger uses this to his advantage, the fact that, you know, this is part of her core, um, and he gets um, the fool of King's Landing to become friends with her, um, and they become friends, and he, the fool, leads her to the boat, which gets her up to her aunt's land um, in the land of... Um, John Arryn's land up in the Erie, mm-hmm. um, and that's how she stayed. So she doesn't have to stay. She stays at court. Joffrey dies during, you know, during his wedding. And right after that happened, she dips out. She ends up in the Erie because Littlefinger made sure she was on a boat and she was safe. He gets the fool killed. So the fool, like, isn't even able to be her friend anymore. Um, and that all happens because the Tyrells started talking to her, Lady Olena, and was like, oh, you know what? Since we're just sitting around here and Marjorie's about to, like, marry Joffrey, how about we get you to marry our heir of our um, land in the, you know, in the South. And so um, Sansa was all ready to go do that. And she told um, Cersei, like a dummy, 
And that's when all this stuff takes, takes right. place. Right, 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 right. Mm-hmm. I think one of my favorite moments rewatching it and that really made me realize why Sansa isn't like to blame, be blamed that much is when they come upon uh, her sister and the butcher's boy playing with the swords and everything goes horrible. Mm-hmm. And Sansa is just screaming, you're ruining it. You're ruining it in everything. <laughs> and it, it is such like, a, it just encapsulates everything right there because she's just believes in this fairy tale. She believes she's going to move to this faraway land and meet this beautiful prince and they're going to get married and have children and have his beautiful blonde hair but wa- and all But this once nonsense. again, this is what I'm just saying about kid shit. Like, when you when just yep. looking at it objectively, it's she is not, and it's just not because she she's um and evil. It's not because she's Joffrey, the female mm-hmm. Joffrey. It's because she's a child and thinks like a child, and it's not thinking objectively. It's not thinking. Uh, it's it's being it's being led with her emotions and everything else that comes along with being a person that has not gone through life fully. So. That because of all that, when you really think about it, you can't be all the way mad at her. Yes, from a personal standpoint, she's a dummy, but from a from yeah. a you know like a whole world viewpoint, it's just like she's just reacting like a kid would react. Maybe you as a kid was was a little better than that. I know I was, but I know plenty of children who would be crying and acting wild and make the poor decisions because that's all they know and that's all they want. No, no, no. If you told me at the age of like 14, even maybe even up to like 16, I think even then I, I'd be down for it. But if you were like, yo, Ben, you're going to move away to another land and marry this princess. No, like, no. What? Oh my God. <laughs> Not everybody, but I do know plenty of kids who would be like, oh, that sounds like facts. Let's do it. <laughs> because, because they do, yeah, like you said, what? they believe in that fairy tale. And, and as you, progress in game of thrones you see like how much believing in fairy tales fucks with everybody there's there's the whole thing mm-hmm. is full of fairy tales and uh, full of people who believe <laughs> in these fairy tales and the people who a lot of times the people who believe in the fairy tales the strongest ends up being abused or killed because of it yeah I think Tyrion is my favorite because he uses like the whole idea of like fairy tales and like pokes fun at it. But then whenever he's confronted with like the wall and the immensity of like what's actually going on, he's like, oh, this is legit. Like, <laughs> like he wouldn't be like thirsty, like in the final season or in the seventh season where they needed to bring um, a white walker to the kingdom. Like if you told him there's a white walker after visiting the wall, he'd be like, oh yeah, sure. Yes. Pretty sure there is. I am good. Let's send the kingdom. Let's do this. Because he was like, he was making fun of Grumpkins and Narcs and everything mm-hmm. whenever he was mm-hmm. on his way to the wall with John. But when he was at the wall and he like had, was confronted with what was actually going on, he was like, oh, this is a whole different world. I'm not going to put that past you. But by that point, he'd also seen dragons up close. And he was the one who was like, yo, I got to see a dragon. Mm-hmm. And Tyrion gets a lot of love you know, while his brother and sister get all the hate and from the you know, fans, are you sure from, from who? The world. Only from the people only from fans. The people in the world are like, nah, yes. like F yeah, you. Like, they love with no, I'm talking about from the fans. I'm talking about from oh, fans. Okay. From fans. Yeah, they consider him one of the heroes of the story while my peoples get left out in the cold. And Your you know, I'm not gonna wow. stand for that. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and we're definitely gonna have to talk about Tyrion more. You know, next week, as his, you know, he really becomes more and more, you know, he had his, we had the introduction this season. We had him, 
we had uh what's her name sasha right his shay. shorty coming oh, in. oh shay. shay shay yeah yeah shay comes in giving her any old name um <laughs> <laughs> I am soft of fears. I mean, they treated her in your way. Whoa. So, you know. <laughs> like, let's keep it real. Uh, Bron, my man Bron, you know, had his, you know, probably one of the best intros and just his whole, Bron is just dope. You know, like he, I mean, not Bron, Bron is the brother, right? Who's no, Tyrion's the man? No, Bron, that's yeah. right. That's right. Yes, yeah, Bron, yeah. Bron, yeah, he was yeah, fire. Yeah, Bron is just, yeah, Bron is fire, like, throughout the whole series. I don't think he's really had a bad moment yet. He's the only um, man with some sense. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's not been and he keeps not, getting dragged into it. Yeah, he's not like a nobleman, so he never had to like sit and be in the middle of politics. He can sit on his side and be like commenting on them being crazy because he's like, Y'all are doing a little bit too much. Y'all are just you're not thinking this through. Mm-hmm. I can I'm an outsider. I don't have any stakes in the game. Just give me money and I'll go where the money is. Like, I'm good. I like, like money oriented. He's only thinking about his yeah. bag. Okay? He is. Mm-hmm. Yep. But he's seen things. He's been all over the world, so he's well-traveled. We also didn't really mention uh, Jormund. Jormund? Jormund? Yeah. That became uh, Daenerys Stark stalker? Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that that that's evident from the first time he meets her, too. That's all, like, the groundwork is all laid for all that. And it's super creepy. So, mm. Like, he's so old and, like, weathered. <laughs> and then she's young and he's all up in, like, her face. And it's like, ew, can you? Mm-mm. I just need you to sit mm-hmm. down. But, you know, he's he's trying to do the right thing in his own way, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, I mean, it's a lot of shades of gray here, folks. Like I say, you know, the spider might be the one true good person, you know. You were really going and oh, you're talking about Jorah, right? It's it's Jorah, not Jorman, no. right? Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, yeah. Jorah. Yeah. yeah. Um yeah. is he though? Uh you said the spider is the only good person. Is he though? I mean Barrett's he might be yeah, pretty good. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I mean, he kind of because when you said he was all about you know the the realms as opposed to one person or you know one throne, it kind of reminded me of Papa Pope. Like it's all about save the republic and no one else. But then it's just like, but what about on an individual level? Do those people not matter? So I don't know. I, I don't know. It could be it oh, could yeah. be debated, but I think overall, to me, he's made the decisions that I think are correct. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it like goes either way. But Varys will murder. But that's anybody. my point. Mm-hmm. You know that goes what I'm saying. Yeah, he'll he'll do anybody in. You know. Yeah. So. But he only will do you in if you pose a threat to the Republic, right? So right. I feel like there's two different ways to mm-hmm. go about it. You're either a Papa Pope or you're an Okoye, right? Like, you know, you're mm. both like you're both the same stance. You know, like I'll do anything for my country. I, I like I don't. My stake is in me doing the right thing and what I judged the right thing to be. And it's just whether or not you agree with what they think is the right thing to do. Mm. Um, I think Barris is pretty good about towing that line. He like he kills later on. He kills like a Lannister cousin who like was going to come up and after Tywin dies, like the father, he's going to help him out. And he just he's like, nah, the Lannisters are done. You're dead. And it's like done in the shadows and secrets, and nobody sees it. Um, I think Barris is really smart, um, and I wouldn't put anything past him. I don't know. He he doesn't like. I think his thing is that he doesn't have any stakes. And sitting on the throne because he can't produce any heirs and he doesn't have that like 
that driving him so right. he's always just like legit I feel like he stays really like well on that like fence of like doing the right thing okay mm. so basically you you either you know you die in a koye or you live long enough to be a papa <laughs> I guess so. Okay. Still alive. <laughs> that, you know, that's all I'm saying. Because eventually, even Okoye is going to have to do some horrible things to save Wakanda. You know, that's all there is to it. You know, it doesn't come easy. Country over fellow man. Well, yeah. You know, in the end. All right. And speaking of the end, we're almost to the end of this episode of Castle Black. Thank you all for listening. Tatiana Portia, thank you for joining me. You know, this is awesome. We'll be right back next week, hopefully. <laughs> you know, but we're, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll work it out. But before we go, we do want to have some listeners' questions on the For All Nerds show. We have the Geekly Asked questions where we answer all the geek questions. But now we want to answer all the Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones-related questions. Anything at all that you want to know, you can hit us up. Uh, Contact hit us at, at forallnerds.com. Yes, put in the subject, Castle Black. We're looking for a name for this segment. You know, we were thinking frequently asked <laughs> questions. No. <laughs> you know, it's a shot in the dark. Or letters to the black. Or... Ooh, letters to the black. Uh, that, that's decent. I did, frequently asked questions is, is, is fuck shit. No. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, hey, you know, shout out to my boy, Reek. Um, yeah. So, you know, but, you know, hit us up, contact at forallnerds.com and shoot us a name for this segment, shoot us some questions, whatever, you know, thank you. And uh, anything else before we get out of here? Just make sure you subscribe. We are on all platforms, SoundCloud, uh, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, I mean, we're everywhere. Spotify, but honestly, where anywhere you listen to podcasts, you can get us. And if you want to hear Castle Black, you have to subscribe to For All Nerds. That is the only way you get to listen to us. So definitely do that. You can always hit us up, as Ben I mean said, on contact at forallnerds.com. Hit up the website, forallnerds.com, where you'll be able to get links to all the amazing shows and articles and everything we talk about. And of course, follow us at For All Nerds on the interwebs on social media. And also Castle Black Pod yes. on Twitter and Instagram. We're going to revive that. Yeah, bring it back. You we know. have some fun it's ideas awesome already. It's going to be real fun. Mm-hmm. Might do some live viewings of the new season, you know, whatever. Like we said before, hit us up. Contact at forallnerds.com. Any idea you have, anything you want to see from Castle Black in this new season as we re- recap the old seasons and get ready for the final season of Game of Thrones where the Lannisters, Jamie will sit on the throne with uh, Varys at his side like a boss. Hmm. 